Welcome back to Two Spot Monkeys Live, everybody. I am Jim, joined as always by Tom. Tom, for those that are watching on the YouTube feed, uh, you are back in your normal habitat. I have returned. The the return has occurred. I feel like we're on the old Mutual of Omaha show. Tom in his natural habitat. <laughs> um, now hunting the wild chickens. I don't know. I'm just making stuff up right now. Um, there's the title for the show: Tom Hunting Wild Chickens. Okay, we <laughs> and we're already we're already down the wrong rabbit trail. Oh, the no. rabbit holes are real. Well, great to be back. Great to be great to be fully healthy uh, compared to where I was a week ago. Um, thankful so much for uh, a quick recovery, and uh, as we said last week, that opportunity of being under the weather uh, allowed me to watch a lot of wrestling. I didn't just watch like the stuff we're going to talk about today, Jim. I watched some old school WCW. I watched some old school WWF. Um, I had so much time on my hands. Uh, <laughs> you you watched MLW for the first time ever, I, I believe. I, I did. Yeah, I watched MLW for the first time ever. Not and, a and not a not a not a bad uh, little uh, YouTube show. Like, I mean, and I know it's on, you know, I think it's on a broadcast network. Ian, right? Ian sports. Yeah. Um, which I don't yeah, know like, yeah, it was, it was, it was interesting. It was, the you know, main event was Flamita versus Bandito. So whenever those two come together, that's not know, bad. Yeah. Uh, no, I, you know, I've enjoyed MLW and I gotta be honest. It's one I wish I had more time in my schedule. I would like to watch it weekly, but it's just, I'm, I fight most weeks to get NXT and AEW watched. Um, and those are kind of my two priorities, um, you know, with what, five hours there between the three of those, or the, th the three shows of those two. Um, and that's not watching Dark or Dark Elevation barely at all, um, really, really rarely. And usually if I have that on, it's in the background while I'm doing something on the computer or, you know, I'm not even really paying attention much to it. It's just background noise. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I so even getting another hour in of, I would probably watch MLW over regularly watching Raw or SmackDown. Um, SmackDown is so barren right now. Holy smokes. Every time I look at results for that show for our Fantasy Wrestling League, I'm like, what are they doing on this show? But well, and anyways. as we said with Hell in a Cell, they literally had no SmackDown match. matches <laughs> when we recorded, and then they added one. And then of all the things they could add, granted, there was a storyline to it, so that's great. I, Nonetheless, like, come on. Right. No, no Usos, no Intercontinental title match, no, 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 no Riddle, uh, which I realize he's on Raw, but whatever. Um, he's been interacting with the bloodline. Um, yeah, yeah. What in the world? Um, we'll, we'll talk about that. But first, let's talk about our head-to-head -head update. We had uh, 12 matches, if I remember right, between those two shows that we picked. We only had one that we differed on. Um, and Tom was right on that one. So Tom closed the gap a little bit. Uh, at least if my math is right, that was the only one. Yeah, that was yep. the only one. Yeah. Um, so Tom, you went five and one on each show, so uh, ten and two overall, and I went four and two on in your house, and five and one on Hell in a Cell because we matched our picks on Hell in a Cell. Um, so I went nine and three overall, which leaves us going into Forbidden Door in a few weeks here, uh, which someday I feel like they're going to flesh out a card for that. They they've got two matches announced uh, that we'll probably touch on here in a little bit. Um, and I, I, okay, maybe let's, well, let's talk about the record and then I'm going to bring up something about Forbidden Door real quick before we launch into the other things. Um, 59 to 26 is my current record. 56 and 29 is Tom's current record. So three matches. Uh, I expect Forbidden Door will have around 10. That seems to be kind of the AEW norm and the, and the New Japan norm for that matter. Um, so I'm kind of guessing they're going to be around 10 so it'll be interesting to see when we make those picks come the end of the month um, exactly how that uh, that plays out. And we've talked about that. What is the strategy um, both of us employ to uh, for Tom to give himself at least three differences um, and for me to either just pick with my heart or try to stifle Tom as much well, as I can. And, and that's the thing. And I want to, I want to win this. So going back to when we began this podcast uh, in 2020, you know, that first uh, second half of the year, um, I won by five. I did the final records were 40 uh, or 54 and 16, the 49, 21. 
won by four in the first half of 21 last year. And then last year, the second half was our closest um, where we finished identical, but a tiebreaker. Um, that awesome Ring of Honor world title match over under uh, is what caused me, uh, caused me, allowed me the, to, to, to hoist the trophy. So um, right here being within three really fits kind of within what I just laid out there from our previous history. And uh, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, and again, I do think that um, now with what they're doing, and I know you want to talk about the Forbidden Door card, so we'll get into like that. I think the latter of the two matches that I think that we'll discuss, um, it's it's more than just an AEW versus New Japan card. It seems to it's, it seems to be unfolding. And then to your other comment, Jim, you shouldn't be surprised that here we are on June the 10th, and we only have a skeleton of match two and and, and match one theoretically, but not formally. It won't be formally until uh, like Sunday, 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 yeah, Sunday morning uh, after the events in Japan. This is AEW's model, dude. They 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 spend that that those weeks before that pay per view like speeding to get that card built, and even more so in this space because of what we had at Double or Nothing, and then because this. we had no break. Yeah, even even a smaller window. Um, although other things seem to be uh, somewhat coming together, although some interesting developments that now make me go, well, I thought we were doing that, but now I think we're doing something else. Um, I didn't even have a slide in here. Uh, well, tell you what, let's talk about In Your House and Hell in a Cell. Yep. And then when we get to the injuries and some other things, we can also sprinkle in AEW there. Um, but let's just so that we keep things kind of in order with, with our head-to-head update. Um, Look at us. We've been, we've been doing this for over two years, and we're finally learning. <laughs> right. Finally learning. Let's keep things in order and not rabbit hole too much. Um, there's a way we can get it in still. Uh, in your house, Tom, you obviously, again, had lots of time to watch wrestling last weekend, and so you got to watch it. Um, I didn't. I thought I was going to end up watching this Sunday night because of my schedule, because um, I was going to choose this over Hell in a Cell. Uh, in the end, I ended up with some time on Sunday during the day uh, and was able to watch this Sunday morning um, and then watched Hell in a Cell live on Sunday night. So I did get to see both shows in the end. Um, what were your thoughts on, on In Your House? You haven't been um, following the NXT product as closely. You have been watching it uh, most weeks and that kind of thing. So I'm curious what your, your read was on In Your House. Yeah, so I, I was excited for it based on the fact that I had watched NXT TV last week. So I at least had that small frame of reference, and it did it, it it was enough for me to be interested in knowing the outcomes of the matches. I'll quickly run down the results, and then I'm going to quickly just go back to our pickings and just point out our where we where we slipped up or where we were different. Um, from opener opener to end, um, the D'Angelo crew, whatever they're being called, uh, defeated Legato Del Fantasma. Uh, so Legato Del Fantasma is now being in, enveloped into D'Angelo's crew. I haven't yet seen NXT this week, so I don't know what the follow-up is on that. But that should be fun to watch play out. Uh, the yeah. NXT tag titles, uh, Toxic Attraction retained. We both lost that match. Uh, that was uh, each yeah. of us collectively lost on our pick there. Uh, Carmelo Hayes defeated Cameron Grimes to win the North American title. Mandy Rose defeated Wendy Chu to retain. Uh, the Creeds defeated Pretty Deadly to win the titles. That was, again, the, the difference that we had, which allowed me to go one up with a match. Um, as I've been thinking of all week, the pun, it's been, it was Decreed. It was Decreed that I would win that match. Okay, you're not laughing. All right, it's okay. Hopefully someone in podcast land is. Um, there's, there's three people watching live right now, so I hope that they are <laughs> laughing with your, your joke. As and uh, and then uh, the main event was uh, the NXT title match, and Braun Breaker defeated Joe Gacy. Uh, and so uh, the only again, like I said, I, I pointed out our differences there, but that was the that was that was the card, and that was the results in the end. And again, I'm eager to to watch NXT this week. Uh, something weird with with my the app I use for my cable provider and being able to record on the DVR, they changed something on the app this week where you can't record just a single episode just using the app which is really weird. And that's been my primary way of going, oh shoot, it's 7.55. I got to make sure I record an NXT because I don't have it scheduled to record automatically. Um, it's been making me put in the series of recordings. Um, and so like with NXT, I actually probably started recording at like 20 after this past Wednesday. So I'm going to miss, I'm going to miss whatever the first 20 minutes of NXT was. Um, but I'm, I'll just read the report to catch up. So um, I, I'm, I'm offering you that because um, it fits into like the question you asked, 
how did I like this coming off of what I watched the week prior? And then, you know, what is my interest level coming out of it? Um, and I'll, and I'll say like, I, I, I have, uh, and I wanted to say this all week and I'm glad that we have this platform to do so. I was underselling NXT. And so I, so shame on, shame on me. And, and not, not that, um, not that I should have, not that they deserved it necessarily, but the shift that's gone on from black and gold to 2.0 wasn't something I was totally on board for. I was there for like, I would say probably the first month, two months, but it just wasn't, wasn't clicking for me. It wasn't a type of product uh, that I was like be, really being drawn to. And you mentioned it really well. Like, you know, in the MLW comment you made, you only have so many hours in the week to watch the things you want to watch. And we watch more than just pro wrestling, Jim. I know we have interests beyond that. So um, that being said, this show and the outcome uh, outcomes renewed my interest i don't know how that will continue to to play out in the weeks and months to come uh but i was i was i was pleased i thought i thought the card was good i thought the matches were very good uh good to very good and yeah and 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 it and it, it delivered yeah i thought it was a really good show um i've enjoyed nxt I, and i agree it's grown it has grown a lot as a show um, since they made that switch back in September. Um, and, and you can tell, uh, you know, there's almost nothing left of the black and gold um, of, of folks who were really featured in black and gold. There were, you know, Carmelo Hayes was there, Cameron Grimes was there. They were featured, but now they're in much higher positions uh, in 2.0 than they than they were in the black and gold. Although Carmelo was just kind of starting um, when that switch happened really starting to get more featured when that switch happened. Um, you know, Roderick Strong is about the last one, and and I don't know, it sure seems like they're headed to, to more with that. But um, and I haven't seen uh, NXT for this week either. I've, I've read a little bit of what's happened. Um, they actually have also taped the next two weeks of NXT. They did that on Wednesday. Um, and I'm not sure why, if that's something, they called it Fan Appreciation Week, um, but I'm not quite sure why they chose to do that um so it's interesting to see that that they did that um we'll see we'll see if that becomes the norm or uh if they if that was just for some reason they needed the performance center or you know it's their space so i don't know why but uh something else going on maybe they're just busy over the next couple of weeks and i can't fully put my finger on why it's not like they're running forbidden door Although the conspiracy theorists would tell you they are because WWE owns AEW and that's, it's all, you know, one thing. Stop it. Um, anyways, I, those people make me crazy. I thought it was a very good show. Um, as I said uh, on the show last week, I wasn't stunned that the Creed's won. That wasn't a, a oh, it's got to be pretty deadly. Um, I heard a, a speculation somewhere this week, could have been on a podcast, could have read it, that perhaps pretty deadly isn't even going to stay in NXT all that long. Um, and maybe they'll move up with Max Dupree and be part of the Max Dupree male modeling agency on SmackDown. Their characters would certainly fit that. Um, so that would be interesting if they really just made that brief of a stop in NXT um, and would go to show the whole, uh, do they have long, long-term long planning happening in WWE? Spoiler alert, the answer is no. By the way, Tom, we went from three people watching uh, about three minutes ago when I made that comment to absolutely nobody right now watching live. Um, so... <laughs> So good job, Tom. Way to talk him right off the stream. Um, the viewers were like, they're on us. We're out of here. <laughs> right. They know we're watching. We're out. Uh, I, I'm betting that I'll pop back to one. Annette, I know, pops in and out as she's as she's uh, doing her, her job. So, uh, But uh, I just had to laugh when I looked. It had dropped a one before, and I was like, okay, that's probably Annette. And then now it's, it's fine. Um, so thank you for whoever did join us live for a little bit. We do really appreciate it. Um, hopefully you'll catch the podcast at a little later time. Um, oh, it's Annette says she's watching. It's just lying and telling me she's not. Sorry, Annette. Um, StreamYard is a liar. So um, says zero. Anyways, I uh, thought it was a really good show. thought everything delivered. Um, I didn't think anything was bad on it. Um, a little surprised that Casey and Katana did not uh, win that title match, but we'll see where that goes in the weeks to come. Uh, whether they stay in that hunt or or something else happens and they move on. Um, and, you know, 
I think it'll be interesting to see where Joe Gacy goes next, uh, because I feel like that's pretty well wrapped up now. So where does Gacy go? Do we ever find out who's under the hoods? I will say I saw they apparently are going to call those two people the dyad, D-Y-A-D, D-Y-A-I-A-D. Um, and I'm like, so is that like a takeoff of the triad, you know, that we had? It wasn't the triad in WCW. Was that DDP, Bam Bam Bigelow, and Canyon? Weren't they the triad? I think so, yeah, yeah. I, I've been trying to remember after I saw dyad, I'm like, of a, like triad, but why don't you call them the triad? Because you have Joe Gacy. There are three of them. Um, but apparently uh, the tag team, I guess, the hooded gentleman, uh, maybe they maybe they get unhooded this week. I don't know. Um, and if they do, I don't want to know yet. So we'll find out where that heads. But I did see that something that I read said they were called the Dyad. I'm like, all right, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. I, the name doesn't make me super happy or super mad either way. So um, I, good show I wanna, good Yeah. Show well, and, and I'm super high on the creeds and, and Julius, mm-hmm. I think you mentioned last week too, as being kind of the guy that could potentially be a breakout of, of the pair, um, which you have to say at this point or anytime, because you know, in WWE, they don't ever do anything with tag teams long-term, which is disappointing. Uh, but yeah, so like this, this was um, a really good, just uh, view of the potential. Of what, of what the creeds will have. And again, I don't think that they need to leave NXT anytime soon. I'd say oh. give them, give them two to three years. Still- and yeah, yeah. They're so, so, so raw, but they, they could, yeah. they could just really do a lot with them here. Uh, especially they're- if the di- diamond mine isn't something that's going to be long for this world. They're, they're still pretty green all in all. Um, and there are times where I'm like, they've still got to learn like, it's supposed to look like it hurts. It's not supposed to hurt. Um, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it, maybe they're just really good at throwing it. It looks like it hurts. But there are times where I'm like, oh, my goodness. Um, Got to dial that back a hair just so it looks great. But but they are, they are supremely talented. Um, and I agree. Keep them on NXT because at least in NXT, I won't say they have a phenomenal tag division right now. Um, but it's not bad. It's certainly better than WWE's randomness. Um, and granted, WWE could build a really good tag division if they would just commit to it. They've got six or eight good teams, at least, that I could probably sit here and name, um, that are actual teams, not even, you know, teaming up two singles that that then can become a team. And and like RK-Bro, which should have been a two or three month run, and they, you know, they got a year out of it, I think, almost. Um and, and we're going to revisit that when Randy comes back, I'm sure, whether it's just to break them up and have them feud or which I've been calling for since like the first month um, or, you know, or to bring him back for a little bit. Uh, I don't know if you saw too, RK Bro got their first. Uh, well, I don't think it's Randy's first, but Funko Pops were announced for RK Bro yesterday. Oh, cool. No, I did not see um, that. Riddle I saw the Dusty Rhodes one, which was cool. Oh, yeah. And and I'm half tempted to get all three. I, I don't I'm not a huge Randy Orton. Like I respect Randy Orton for what he's done, but I'm not. Like, I don't collect a lot of Randy Orton stuff. But uh, Heroes Hideout, which is out in New York, um, they do a lot of signings. They do a lot of different things. Um, they had a they have a deal right now. You can get all three of them for 30 bucks, which 10 bucks a piece is about what a pop runs. Um, I think I can get them for about nine at Target, but that's if I can find them at Target. Um, thir- three for 30, and you get a free signed 8 by 10 mystery 8 by 10 um, And I was like, that's eh, not a bad deal. I mean, who knows? The 8 by 10 might be James Ellsworth, but, you know. Um, there's a name that we never thought we'd say on this podcast. Um, and, and Randy, Randy Orton too, a uh, legitimate hall of famer without question. Yes. Like we don't need him to go in it. We, we could probably do a whole podcast on his entire career or just years of segment of his career. If we ever wanted to, I will say this, and I don't know if I've ever told this story here on this podcast or shared it with, with you. I will say this, Randy Orton really like made me care more about him like, and again, he had been all, around for a long time. Like, we, we're celebrating 20 years of Cena this month. I think Orton's probably right in that same ballpark or will soon be or shortly be soon thereafter. When I saw Randy Orton at a house show following the 2019 Hell in a Cell, the way he interacted and the way that he made that house show important with his actions and the way he interacted with the fans really gave me a different perspective for him as a true professional. Again, I shouldn't have had 
doubted that. But when you see someone like a Randy Orton who goes through character iterations for so long, you can get kind of bored with them or just they could become long in the tooth. That for me renewed, uh, you know, my fandom from a different lens for Randy Orton. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. Understood. Yeah. He's, he's kind of like Jay Lethal to me a little bit um, in a very different way, but he's that guy that I never get super excited. Like, Oh, I'm going to see a Randy Orton match. And then he has a match, and other than when it's 45 minutes against Edge and it doesn't need to be, um, you know, most of the time, like, you know what, that's pretty good. Randy Orton's pretty good. Um, and yeah, sure, sure, Fire Hall of Famer, 100%. Uh, Helena Cell, then uh, we move on to the, as you mentioned, uh, almost Raw exclusive pay per view, except for one match. Loved how they said Pat McAfee had the night off. No, you didn't want to fly him in for Happy Corbin versus Mad Cat Moss. Um, by the way, why are we calling him Madcap Moss still? He's totally gone away from that gimmick. He said Madcap Moss is dead, and then we still call him Madcap Moss. Call him Red well, Moss. It's Jim, not that hard. Jim, you don't want him coming out just being called Moss because you know that's what's coming next. Or Madcap. Because he in call you know call they're gonna call him Moss and they'll say he'll grow on you. Oh boy, you got the dad jokes today, Tom. I mean, <laughs> we did talk, we did talk about Father's Day before this recording started so um all right so hell in a cell let's let's refocus hell in a cell here's the here's the we both went four and one or five and one excuse me and here are the results the opener was the three-way women's uh raw world title match bianca belair defeated asuka and becky lynch uh pinning asuka after lynch uh, seemingly had asuka pinned and had the sloppy most sloppy cover in the history of pro wrestling um and got dumped out of the ring uh, Lashley defeated MVP in almost. Uh, Kevin Owens defeated Ezekiel, which is the match we both lost. Um, probably should have known that Owens was going to win that one, but I think we both were hedging our bets by going, you know, WWE's you know goofy enough that they'll give Ezekiel the win. Um, and that feud is not yet done, so let's buckle in for some more. Uh, the mixed six-person tag saw the Judgment Day uh, of Edge, Damian Priest, and Rhea Ripley defeated AJ Styles, Finn Balor, and Liv Morgan which I really liked. And then uh, AJ got busted open something fierce uh, uh, later in that match um, and kind of disappeared because of that. Uh, then it was Jim's favorite match of the night, the No Holds Barred match, uh, Mad Cat Moss uh, over it, Happy Corbin. It actually um, wasn't bad. We'll talk about it, but it actually it, wasn't bad. It, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the semi-main uh, of all semi-mains, <laughs> uh, Theory versus Mustafa Ali for the U.S. title. Again, not bad but it shows you the lack of depth on this card um even though ali is a homegrown chicago guy like that really wasn't made like a big deal until he came out so i don't know WWE use the tools that are at your disposal and some are just the lowest hanging fruits possible uh and then in the main event uh and somehow they find a way to crank those low-hanging fruits like a fishing line back up the tree and make them not even as low-hanging yeah yeah no you gotta climb to get this guy Yep, climb up, climb up this tree, scale it up. Uh, main event was Hell in a Cell, the only Hell in a Cell match on the entire card uh, for its namesake. Uh, and you saw Cody Rhodes uh, with his third consecutive win over Seth Rollins. The big thing coming out here was over the weekend it broke that Cody Rhodes had injured himself pretty severely, uh, tearing a pectoral muscle. Uh, and he didn't uh, compete at the house show on the night before this event. And then he comes out in full gear. And then when he removes his uh, ring attire, he just has the absolute worst uh, bruising on his upper torso, on the right-hand side, pectoral arm, and so forth. Uh, and again, that led to a different level of drama th- in this match. Uh, and then we'll talk about it. So you threw it to me first for Hell in a Cell, and I'll throw it to, or, or for in your house. I'll throw it to you. What, what were your thoughts on Hell in a Cell, and, and what were your big takeaways? I thought it was in-ring a pretty good show, all, a really good show, actually, all in all. I thought the women were great to start. I thought that was a really strong three-way match. I loved, you know, at first I thought, was does that make Bianca a little bit of a heel, the way she kind of dumped Becky out and stole the pin? But it's Bianca outsmarting Becky. Um, and that's what, you know, baby faces should do that to heels. They should outsmart them. Um, so I had a moment where I was like, eh. And then I was like, no, actually, you know, the more I think about that, that makes total sense. I actually really liked it. Um, in ring, I mean, come on, those three, come on, they're not going to have a bad match. Um, I mean, I suppose they could, but it seems unlikely. They're three of the best. 
They're three of the best wrestlers in the world. Let me not even say the word women's in front of that. They're three of the best wrestlers in the world. They just are. Um, and and three really good characters, you know. Would I love them to do more with Asuka? Absolutely, and maybe they will. Um, but she was there to eat the pin because eventually we're getting to Bianca Becky 101. I would assume at SummerSlam makes sense from the whole story. I think we talked about that last week. Um, so that was really good. Uh, little surprise, Kevin Owens got the win. That was a takeaway. Um, and and pretty clean. I mean, just kick him, hit him with stunner. You know, not that that was all the match was, but it wasn't a lot of shenanigans to get there. I, I like it. But again, not seems like that's not done as of Monday night either. Um, yeah, yeah, the low-hanging fruit with Ali. A good match, just one of those matches that I... It, I found it a little bit hard to care. It was fine in the ring, but I found it a little bit hard to care because I felt like Mustafa Ali had absolutely no chance in the world. Um, you know, there's been a lot of a lot of little drops and comments about John Cena around Austin Theory or Theory. So, and now we've got the announcement on Monday that Cena is coming back um, at least for one night. We'll see if it's any sort of a you know. Last year they had him in for the summer. Um, and I actually heard on a, a podcast with Fightful this week, he wrestled 17 matches over the summer last year. They televised one of them. Yeah. He was working dark matches at the end of the show. Like, I, I totally agree with Sean Rassap. That is stupid. Why do you, you have the guy at the show anyways? Put him on TV, pop a rating. Like, John Cena. Like, well, and, and I think, you know, not, not knowing what I don't know, um, which is could be the, actually the, the title for this podcast. Not knowing what we don't know. Um, it's being changed right now. <laughs> two spot monkeys. We don't know what we don't know. Um, musings about WWE's product. Uh, I think I've, because the, because last year at this time we were returning to live sporting events and crowds. I think Cena was being used as a mechanism to get butts back in the seats more sure. so than draw ratings. So that's probably my theory, whether there's validity to it or not, as to why 16 of his 17 matches were not for uh, visual consumption by the masses. But why not do both? You've announced oh, I, you're going to bring tickets. Go ahead and put them on TV and get the rating too. <laughs> Jim, well, I think what they've already proven, though, is the, the product isn't driven by ratings. They, they, make, they make money hand over fist no matter what. The, the, right. I mean, the ratings only matter when they're in negotiations. Yeah. Because yeah. the TV rights is, you know, they're not paid by ads anymore. Um, they're paid by the TV rights deal, which, you know, they're getting a billion dollars over five years or whatever the world it was. I mean, it's a crazy, crazy, crazy amount of money they're getting. But budget cuts, let's cut all the good wrestlers. Um, sorry. That could be a whole other podcast, and it has been before. And it, let's be honest, will be again. Um, we We will once again come together on one of these shows and go, well... They cut 12 people. Let's talk about the six of them that we can't believe they can't figure out what to do. Um, and the other three or four that maybe we've never heard of. But alas, that's a whole other thing. Um, Cody Rhodes. Hats off. I mean, I've been a Cody Rhodes fan. I've liked Cody Rhodes, even as Stardust and, and dashing Cody Rhodes. Like, I've always kind of liked Cody. Um, I think he definitely amped it to another level when he left WWE, for sure. Um, you know, went out and made himself a main eventer, made, out, made himself, when I say made himself world champion, I don't mean put the belt on himself because he didn't have the opportunity to do that anywhere. I think he helped a little bit creative in Ring of Honor, but um, he was the NWA world champion. He was the Ring of Honor world champion. Um, he was never AEW world champion. And he, that was a decision he made, um, which he seems to now somewhat, I don't know if he regrets the decision, but realized that it pigeonholed him and, and left him in a certain spot in AEW and that he said publicly that's part of what led him to want to come back to WWE. Um, he knows how to do big matches, so this doesn't shock me. He found a way to do a good big match. I thought it was an interesting Hell in a Cell match in that it felt like the Cell wasn't much of part of the story. Uh, there weren't a ton of Cell spots, if that makes sense. Um, and, and his injury probably played into that. I, I wonder if he wasn't injured, if there would have been more. Um, I don't think they left the cell. I don't know. Did they leave the ring? They did leave the ring. They were, they were on the floor a handful of times. Um, you know, there were, there was a time where I think like Seth like shoved him right in like arm. Yeah. Post. 
in, in you know, or that, that right right side into the cell. And yeah, that's right. Now that you say that, that is coming. Oh, I forgot to say at the beginning of this match, Seth Rollins love the polka dot gear. Awesome mental game. That Seth Rollins thing is the the getting in your head. Man, that was great. Um, and then even the Monday night follow up where he tells Cody, Dusty would be proud of you. And Seth Rollins was considered one of Dusty's kids um, in NXT. You know, he was one of Dusty's projects. Um, so, so Seth saying that even in character or as himself to Cody, you know, awesome. I thought that was great too. Um, I so the match really good, um, and and similar to when Shawn Michaels came back after the back injury that had him retired for what four years or whatever it was, came back and had that no holds barred match with. Uh, Triple H or Street Fight or whatever it was. It was no DQ. And every move that Michaels took, especially if it included a back bump or landing on his butt or anything like that, like, I don't know about you, but I cringed extra more because you knew about the real life injury he was yeah. coming back from and you were worried about, you know, um, his safety. Daniel Bryan, same thing. When he came back, anything around his head, you were like, <clears throat> Cody, hats off, dude. Like, if anybody wants to say Cody Rhodes is not a tough SOB, and I don't know why anybody would say that, but flip Hell in a Cell on from Sunday night and shut up. <laughs> because I, my assumption is, not a medical doctor here, but my assumption is the doctor must have told him the peck is shot. You can't do anything more to it. It's torn as much as, you know, it's torn off the bone. The tendon's gone. Um, you can do the match if you can withstand the pain. You're not going to make it any worse. Even then, I'm shocked they let him do it um, just because of the world we live in and, and things like that. But I, my assumption is medically, there was nothing he could have done to make it any worse. But every move had to hurt. I mean, he was basically one-armed. He was basically a one-armed guy, although he did a few things with that arm that I can't believe felt good. Um, Seth took good care of him, obviously. I mean, Seth Rollins is a, a great in-ring worker anyways. He's going to take care of you anyways, and I'm sure was extra careful. Um, I don't know that I needed the angle on Monday, to be perfectly honest. Um, I mean, it's fine to make sure that Seth is reestablished as a top heel um, and, and a dastardly heel. I guess I get that, but it's not like we needed that to explain why Cody was gone. Uh, the grimace colored uh, chest and arm told us why he's going to be gone for a while. So, Well, and here's the thing. So I'm, I don't have anything else to add on Hell in a Cell because I think you summarized everything really, really well. And I don't know that I can add more to that. What I will talk more about, if you'll allow me the opportunity to, is the, is the, is the outcome of this match, which I think was a mistake. Um, and and then, and then the follow-up on Monday. So let me, start, let me start with the outcome of the match. If there was ever a reason and a way to, to justify a Cody Rhodes loss, this was it. This was absolutely it. Maybe maybe when we eventually get Cody Roman, whenever that comes together now, and I'm guessing it's maybe later than we thought because of this injury. If if they want, if they have Rock for Mania, I just save it for Mania now. Sure. If they if they want if they needed the story to be that Cody Rhodes was absolutely unequivocally undisputedly undefeated then that's why you have him win Sunday night. All of that being said, they've proven to us that wins and losses don't matter. <laughs> so see Rhea Ripley who lost last week to Liv Morgan and then wins the number one contenders match this week. So. Yeah. So, 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 so that's, that's my opinion in, in that space because then you have Cody come out on Monday and he goes, we had the trilogy and, and I've defeated Rollins three times, and now we're done. And then despite that, you have Seth come and demonstrate respect and then attack him. Okay, so they're not done, or Seth doesn't think they're done. So again, it fits with, it fits with delusional Seth Rollins, which you know is probably like not exactly the character he is, but it's been enough in the last you know, 24 months, you know, and all of the things. I don't know why I thought about this a few days ago. I thought about the Rollins-Mysterio feud with the whole eye and whatnot. And I'm like, yeah, Rollins has been like, you know, slowly creeping and descending into deeper, darker madness pockets for the lack, 
for the better part of the last two years. And this is it on display as well. But now we have Cody on the shelf, and I don't know, and I'm and I don't know enough about injuries and surgery and recovery. Uh, Brandy, I think, tweeted last night. Brandy Rhodes, that is, tweeted out that the surgery was yesterday, I believe, and it was successful. But what's that timeline? Is it three months? Is it six months? Is it something greater, longer in between? And most, uh, most people uh, who've had a torn pack have been in that kind of four to five month range, it seems. Cena came back in about three, but I know like Sean Rossap said, he's thinking that wasn't as bad of an injury as maybe they played it up on TV as it was an injury, but maybe that's why he was able to come back in about three. Um, they were able to play it up as he's just superhuman and he's super Cena. Um, and he is, that's true. He is, right. Um, but probably four to five. So you figure June, you're looking end of the year. Yeah, Survivor Series, if just, we're lucky. Right, or do you just save him for the Rumble? Yeah, yeah. So so, so all of that being said, like, that's why I think, like, you know, and, and again, I, I, I don't know that you needed Seth Rollins to be he could he could have easily offered respect and walked away and not attacked him and still been a bad guy. Right. So no, it's that just that just didn't land well with me. So all of that being said, now you don't have Cody and you have Seth who you know did what he did, but there's going to be no payoff for who knows how long. Quite some time. And I I don't need another Cody Seth match. Right. Like they were all good. They were all fine. But Cody won three of them. I don't need a fourth one. Because what do you do in that fourth one? Do you just beat Cody? Well, that seems short sighted now. Do you to beat me, Seth for the fourth time? Why? Why yeah, do you need to, to do that? To me, the only logical outcome here is when Cody wins the title, because that has to be the payoff here. Seth is the guy that dethrones him. That's the only, that's the only, and again, I know we're, we're living in a world, Jim, that has no logic. Uh, it's not logic centric, but we're, we're attempting to apply logic to this and like, and think about what a story could be. And to me, that's, that's the story, you know, good guy, good guy, good guy, proves dominance, leave for injury, comes back, regains the, the highest crown of them all. The guy that pre- proved he could always defeat is the one that then steals that glory. Or uh, the, the again, fantasy booking that I heard on, on one of the Fightful podcasts, this is not like they're not reporting this by any means. It's just a what if this, what if Seth Rollins wins money in the bank and then goes on to win one, let's say they split the title again, because it's still very, un, like they call him the undisputed universal world champion. But if you go on WWE's website, he's listed as both the universal and the WWE world champion. Someday in our fantasy wrestling league, we're going to have to determine when he defends that title. Is it both defense points or not? Is it one title? Um, like in, in New Japan, they unified the titles into a world heavyweight title. Okay, we were able to make a decision. They're so unclear on the way they're talking about this because they talk about it like it's one unified title. And we should just give him one, you know, this is a fantasy wrestling discussion. But they list him as two champions. They list the Usos as both the Raw and the SmackDown tag team champions. Um, so figure stuff out, WB. What are you doing? Because I don't think you know. But does Seth win Money in the Bank, win one of those titles perhaps, and then Cody comes back and you do Cody Seth at Mania for one of the titles because he win, Cody wins the Rumble or something like that? Another way you could go about it. All, all that said, again, I don't need a fourth match, but I guess I'm going to get one. Um, because there's you also now, because you did that on Monday, idiots, um, <laughs> You also now can't have Cody come back and just move into something else and forget that ever happened. I guess he could come back and say, and Seth, I haven't forgotten what you've done. We'll deal with that later. But now, Roman, I'm coming for you. I, he could. Yeah. But that would seem, it would seem like in the moment, then four months, five months down the road, six, eight months down the road, however many, you would go, wow, we really shouldn't have done that. We don't want to do Cody, Seth. We want to do this other thing. So let's have him um, blow it off. Let's do the Mustafa Ali thing where he admitted he was the hacker that, they never had a plan for who it was going to be. And, um, so he was now the leader of retribution, which they never knew who was going to be in that when they started it either. Good job, WWE. Well, this takes us into a little bit of a discussion. Uh, we kind of talked about Rhodes already, but 
Last week was a bad week for injuries, a bad week for top guy injuries. Um, CM Punk on Friday after we recorded our our podcast, so nothing we could uh, say about it last week, uh, tweeted that he was going to have an announcement about his about the AEW title and his future uh, on Rampage, which in some ways, luckily for them, was live last Friday, um, and announced that he has a bad wheel. Nobody's ever, something in his lower leg, foot, lower leg, I've heard both. He's also had surgery, which have been, has been successful now, uh, but he's going to be on the shelf for some time. I have, the only thing I've read is they think a few months, whatever that means. Um, so a few months, he's going to be on the shelf. And uh, they did not strip him of the AEW world title, which is interesting. Uh, they did what Tony seems to love to do, and he did himself another interim champion. Um, Tony loves him some interim champions. Uh, this one, if you're not going to strip CM Punk, makes sense to me because it does seem like he's going to be out for some time. Uh, the interim title for the Ring of Honor women's thing, it didn't really make sense. You could have just made that a number one contenders match and then had them face Deanna Brazo later. You didn't have to do that. The TNT one made even less sense because it was like for two weeks. Um, this one actually, if you, again, if you're not going to strip Punk, this one makes some sense because he's going to be out for a little while. Curious to see how often the interim champion will end up defending that title. I guess that depends on how long CM Punk's out. But that happened. And then we also learned that Brian Danielson missed a meet and greet because he was unable to fly due to injury, which you have to think could mean concussion. There's not a lot of injuries that would make you, render you unable to fly. And with Daniel, uh, excuse me, Brian Danielson's uh, history as Daniel Bryan um, and his concussions, that's at least to me concerning. Um, it's a bad week, Tom. Yeah, so let's start back at Cody just because to kind of wrap up WWE and then transition to some AEW. I know we have one other WWE topic to close out on. Uh, here's a question I'll ask you. Cody leaving makes a huge gap, at least on the Raw roster um, or the WWE roster if they decide to merge guys back and forth. I think this is an awesome opportunity for Riddle to then rise to the top. But I also want to ask, you know, we know Cena's coming back for at least one night of celebration, perhaps. Do you think that they're angling to try to get John Cena for a summer of Cena part two and that Cena attempts to be the filler for Cody for a spell? I, I certainly think, I don't know what his... Hollywood schedule is right now, movies or the Peacemaker or whatever. Um, I certainly think if they could get him for Money in the Bank, SummerSlam, and even maybe Clash the Castle, um, that would be a really, really good thing um, because they have lost Cody Rhodes uh, for all of those shows, it would seem. Um, even though Cody made a comment about if there was some way I could be back in four weeks and competed at Money in the Bank, and I'm like, no way. There's no way. Unless... Unless he does the Brock Lesnar spot, um, where everybody's in the match for the whole time, and then all of a sudden his music hits and he runs down, runs up the ladder and grabs a briefcase and runs out. Um, and don't do that. Please don't do that. Um, love it when Brock did it. I didn't mind Brock winning it. I thought him, especially with the boombox, uh, Money in the Bank was pretty fun. Um, but don't, please don't do that with Cody. Um, if your plan was for Cody Rhodes to win Money in the Bank, scrap it now. Cody got hurt. Figure something else out. You can figure out how to get Cody Rhodes into the title picture. He's undefeated since he's back. It's not that hard, folks. Like, when he gets back, you can get him in the title picture. Um, yeah, I, I think I think if they can, if Cena's available, I, I certainly think they're going to want to do that. Um, I agree with you. I think Riddle, though, is ascending. I think Riddle gets the shot either at Money in the Bank. I don't know if Roman's working Money in the Bank, though. He seems... He's on this now, you know, super limited schedule. Um, you know, welcome Brock Lesnar 2.0 um, with the with the world title. But uh, so I, I'm sure he'll work SummerSlam. Like, I, there's no way he can't work SummerSlam, um, Roman, unless he was hurt or something. So do you do Riddle Roman at SummerSlam? You could. I feel like they're, they're get you know, I feel like they are strapping the rocket to Riddle. He's certainly going to get a world title shot at some point here. Um, and I don't think it's going to be on a SmackDown. Or if it is, I don't think that'll be his only one. I think it will be on a premium live event. Uh, I just don't know if it's going to be Money in the Bank or not. I just don't know if Roman's going to work that show. Um, 
pretty good gig for Roman right now. That's for sure. Um, so yeah, I think I think Cena is the the fill in, and I don't think uh, we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit with the Judgment Day. I don't think that had anything to do with Cody. There was some speculation that that had something to do with Cody. I really don't. I I think they were going that way for whatever reason. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, CM Punk. So they announced then that the there will be a battle royal on Dynamite this past week to start the show. Uh, it turned into a Casino Royale battle royal, which I didn't realize it was going to be. Um, battle yeah, royal that, that, that developed from Friday to Wednesday as a new element for sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I was gonna say I didn't think they had originally announced it that way, and I didn't. If they ever announced it was Casino style, I missed that announcement, and that's fine. Whatever. That's that's cool. Um, it's kind of a signature. Uh, not kind of. It's a signature for AEW. Um, so AEW had a battle royal to start Dynamite, then that winner, who ended up being Kyle O'Reilly, um, goes on to the main event and faces John Moxley. The winner of that match moves on to the main event at Forbidden Door. Uh, Moxley ends up winning that match, so Moxley is in the interim title match. Uh, interesting that, that Mox is in that inter, interim title match, uh, because he does have blood and guts coming before that, so I guess you're going to wrap that up. Um, blood and guts will be after. What's that? Blood and guts is after. You're right. Blood and Guts is after. So very interesting. Um, hmm. That makes some interesting thoughts for whether the interim AEW world champion ends up in Blood and Guts or not. Um, and then there's a match on Sunday at New Japan's Dominion. Uh, honestly, pretty underwhelming for me. Uh, but Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Hiroki Goto. Uh, the winner of that goes on to face Moxley in the main event of Forbidden Door for the interim AEW world title. So you have um, Moxley versus either Tanahashi or Goto. I I think if I were to lay any amount of money that matters to me, uh, there is no way Hiroki Goto wins on Sunday. Like, Hiroki Goto is not working the main event of Forbidden Door. <laughs> Sorry. I like Goto. He's fine. He's not working the main event of Forbidden Door. The first joint card you do between these two, you know, superpowers or whatever you want to call them, didn't be main evented by John Moxley versus Hiroki Goto. I kind of wish it wasn't Tanahashi too. I don't feel like that's the main event I wanted for Forbidden Door. But yet here we are. Let's be honest. It was going to be Punk and Tanahashi that was going to be in the main event. So you had to, you had to pivot. I understand. Punk is upset about that. AEW is upset about that. Everybody doesn't love that. I'm sure. I don't know. This this doesn't. Best wishes to CM Punk. Get healthy soon. You're on my fantasy wrestling team. I kept you uh, for our our switch over here that we do from June to July. Um, probably gonna go in my IR, IR spot right away on July one, but um, depending on what we hear, uh, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Don't love the way this played out. Yeah, um, I, I, I said I said when I thought this might come together, the the idea of a Moxley Tanahashi match seems like a really big styles clash, and I love and I love both guys. Like Tanahashi always steps up and always over exceeds my expectations for him but he's a legend and he is called the ace for a reason moxley has been on an absolute tear and i don't see that stopping here but yeah the question is like so if mox wins the interim belt then we're seemingly getting punk and mox at some point which dream match of course but are you are you rushing to get us there um or do you have tanahashi and then do you lock then tanahashi up AW quote unquote lock him up for the summer or a, a stretch, or does he go back and forth between AEW and Japan? Yeah, it's 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 a weird thing. Like so again, I'm glad we're not picking that match today. Again, it's not even formal, but I'm pretty sure that we're both uh reading the tea leaves there that that's what the match will be. Um again, we talk about fantasy wrestling. I, I traded John Moxley for Tanahashi uh, and some draft collateral. Uh, in the last week uh, to hedge my own bets. So we'll see. We, we will see. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out and, and how you and I pick that match when it comes to Forbidden Door. Because, uh, again, I, I, 
I guess we could come back next week or well, we actually we're going to miss next week. But in two weeks when we get back together, we could come back and say, wow, it is Hiroki Goto in the main event. Uh, but boy, something will have gone very wrong if that happens. That, that would almost take an injury or something to happen. And, and even then, I think you could pivot and um, Okada may or may not have a match for Forbidden Door. It's like they're keeping these reports that they're not doing Paige Okada. But then why do you have Paige yell, I want Okada? As, I, don't as, I don't know. I don't know if you saw my comment. I I said I think it's going to end up being Paige teaming with Okada, which will eventually get us to a one-on-one match because I don't think this is a one-off between AEW and New Japan. And, and as much as I think you could easily give us that match on the first opportunity, doing so has Paige likely losing, and I don't think that's what you should do for him right now because he just came off losing the title and a good title reign at that. And he had a strong match on Wednesday against uh, David Finlay. Um, I see Paige and Okada together against Adam Cole and potentially Jay White because of their relationship. And that being an easier way to book an outcome, that then gives you some longer-term storytelling in both AEW and New Japan. Would make some sense, too, because Cole's dealing with some injuries right now. So you could also uh, protect Cole a little bit if you need to. Um, in a tag match, or or you know, you could do six man or something like that too. But um, and I and I just think back to the the brutality of anarchy in the arena, and then and then wrapping this up on the Brian Danielson piece. Uh, you know, that's that's just really disappointing. That you know, he he appeared to work a pretty safe match the entire time. We don't know what the injury or where it potentially happened, right. but that but the down that that final stretch with him being involved in the in the finish was was really aggressive, and so. Um, if he had a concussion, if he, you know, had another injury, you know, it, it just really stinks. Like I, in this whole, you know, AEW interim title piece, I would have much rather preferred Danielson and Tanahashi, which I think stylistically would be way more intriguing than than Mox Tanahashi. And again, I'm gonna when we get there. And again, who knows, right? We can't. We don't have a crystal ball here on two spot monkeys, but. I'm going to be intrigued to see how Mox and Tanahashi do clash and how they mesh when that comes together. Yeah, no. And, and I, until learning about Danielson's injury, I kind of thought Danielson would win the battle Royal and we'd get Danielson Mox um, as the main event of dynamite. And, you know, obviously, yes, they're both in the same group right now, but they just like to fight. And when it comes to titles, they're going to fight. And, you know, I mean, like, you could tell a really good story and we know they can have a really good match. We've seen it. Um, I, I thought that's what was going to happen. Well, then we learned Danielson was hurt and I realized, oh, okay, that's not what's going to happen. Interesting number of top guys, not in that battle Royal. Um, some due to injury like Adam Cole and, and others. Um, Wardlow apparently said he didn't want to be in the battle. Like the storyline is that's why they didn't put him in. Um, I think they didn't put him in because you don't want to throw Wardlow out. Yeah. Um, I, they, they didn't have a creative way to get out, around that. Um, I, I think you could have found a way around that, personally. You you could have had the 20 people that he's now going to wrestle next week come and eliminate him or something. I mean, I think you could have gotten around it, but I understand it a little. Um, also in there, uh, just a really quick AEW note, um, Swerve Strickland turns heel, um, eliminates Keith Lee, and it seems like we're going to a feud between them. Um, and they just I, got a T-shirt. They just got a t-shirt. Did they really? I didn't even know they got a t-shirt. Okay. I'm pretty sure they had like a tag team t-shirt. So yeah, how crazy is that, right? Uh, I, I think they both have a lot. We talked about, I think in our, our pickums for Double or Nothing, they both have a lot more to offer as singles than in a tag. So, um, and there are plenty of tag teams in AEW. So I'm I'm excited to see that. Glad to see Andrade was back uh, as the Joker. Um, Roosh apparently is on a per appearance deal with AEW right now. They're still negotiating on a full-time deal. Uh, but man... Get those ingobernables in there, ingobernables. However you say that word. And I'm and I'm sorry. I know you know Mox won and is ready to go. Do you know who he won out of the battle royal? Uh, last eliminate. Wait a minute. Say that again. Do you know who he who he faced that won the battle royal? Yeah, O'Reilly. I mentioned okay. that earlier. Okay, sorry. Um, yeah. I, I had wished that would have been Andrade. Now I know, like you know, giving Andrade a loss, perhaps you know, against Mox. Is probably worse than maybe O'Reilly losing. But when I'm when I'm looking at wins and losses in AEW recently, O'Reilly beats Darby, 
and then O'Reilly loses to Mox. It all just, I don't know. I'm, the, the, the structure of wins and losses and the value proposition that at least I look at it from doesn't appear to match what I thought AEW was maybe going for. Right. No, and, and I think there's a lot going on there. And, and we haven't even touched on the MJF situation um, where they've, I mean, he is ghosted right now on that show. So if it, last last week, I think we talked about it was obviously had become a work. Now I'm back to, I, I don't freaking know what's going on. And maybe that's what they want me doing. And good job if that's what you're doing. If you're working me right now, you're work, it's, it's working because I'm at a loss right now for what's happening there. Um, and it's just intriguing. And we could spend a whole episode speculating and talking about that. Uh, no, we're, we're coming up on a time crunch here. So let's just real quick uh, touch on our, your, your quick thoughts on Edge getting kicked out of the Judgment Day. And Finn Balor, uh, who we had talked about maybe turning and joining the Judgment Day, but I don't, I don't think either of us saw Edge getting kicked out of it at this point. He's only the, the faction's only been around a couple of months. I don't know that it was working super, super well for them. Um, so maybe this is a moment where WWE actually listened and pivoted. Shocking. Um, well, you said something in the whole Cody thing that I didn't, um, I didn't consider, uh, and that's you know by moving Edge. By, by doing what they did here with Edge, he then becomes, hopefully, the, and maybe they would envision, his return to her ascent back to the, being a top baby face. But, but then he's rooted in this issue. So, uh, kind, of, kind of a weird situation. And he's already, and, and, and then too, like if you're looking, okay, well then who does Seth Rollins fight? Well, Edge and Seth Rollins have already done their thing. So we can't yeah, go back. We can't, we can't go back to that well. Um, so, yeah, no, I like the angle I thought was really great. I thought it was I thought it was cool because Edge was the one that announced Balor, and then they're all in the ring, and then it's Damian Priest nails Edge with the clothesline. Uh, again, nails. Holy yeah, smokes yeah, 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 decapitation, right? <laughs> but but again, I, I think the goal is if you finally can get behind Finn Balor, who there's been highs and lows and kind of some middling stuff with him over his WWE career, not all creative stuff. There's been injuries to um, – this is a chance for him to kind of maybe be elevated truly to to that to the level. Uh, the other thing too is now do we see Edge a, attempt to rekindle uh, some sort of relationship with AJ Styles, and how do they reconcile? Um, or is Edge a man on his own in Judgment Day, and does AJ does AJ go on to Seth? Which I feel like they've done stuff in the past. So, gosh, for for the world's largest wrestling organization, the top of the card seems really really weak at the moment. It it does, and really disheveled um i did like that during the beatdown of edge they made the comment that because of the way edge had treated everybody else in the locker room nobody would come help him i thought that yeah. was a really good attention to detail um and and we nailed wb for continuity things in the you know a lot of times but i got to give him credit whether vince you know fed them that line or, or the commentators came up with it um I, I thought it was a really good note to say you know why not to say why is nobody helping edge well here's why nobody's helping edge because he's been an absolute jerk for the last three months and beat up everybody and they're like yeah let him let him take his beating who cares um i, I thought that was a really good note and i agree please get behind prince the uh, prince prince debit wow wow finn balor holy smokes in the wayback machine here um but it does say prince on his on his uh the, the titantron so um, get behind Finn Balor. That guy could be a top heel for you. He can be a top whatever for you. Do something with him. And I'm glad they are. I hope that they stay. I hope they make this version of the Judgment Day really strong. You got three super talented people in it. Um, whether they add another or not. Um, you could add Champa, who randomly came out and need Riddle in the head for no apparent reason and follow up. Um, <laughs> Anyways, we could go on for hours. We don't have hours. Um, and you don't want to listen to our randomness. Come on now. Nobody does. Uh, programming note next week we are going to have a week off because of some schedule conflicts um so apologies on that but again life is what life is we uh make zero dollars in our real life off of this podcast so sometimes uh, other things definitely have to take priority um and that's one of those situations next week so next week week off uh the following week is uh most likely is that the one when we're doing probably thursday probably thursday, thursday. um probably Thursday, the next two weeks, one of them in the morning, one of them in the late evening, uh, the, those next two weeks that we record, not next week, but the following. Anyways, 
if you've got us on your podcast feed, none of this will matter because it'll just kick out your podcast feed. Yeah. And, you're ready. And, and yeah, the next two weeks when we do record are going to be very AEW heavy because uh, the next time we come together in two weeks will be the Forbidden Door Pick'em. So we'll see how where the dust settles uh, or we'll see where the picks settle. The dust will settle thereafter for the final pick'em of this first half of the year for Two Spot Monkeys. And then we'll come back on the heels of that with uh, a loaded show, I'm going to say, which not only will have Forbidden Door Fallout, Pick'em Fallout, and most likely Blood and Guts Fallout as well. And... And money in the bank. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I know. I'm so. I know. Sorry, you were out. You were there, and I was like, "Yes." I don't know why I didn't mention that. And money in the bank pickup. So uh, that's going to be a late night show. uh, After I get home from trivia, and Tom gets home from GCW, or back to where he'll be staying from GCW um, that evening. There also may be some live GCW thoughts um, from Tom as well. So uh, get ready. Don't plan on sleeping the night of the thirtieth if you're going to join us live. It could go a while. Uh, Everybody, though, be safe out there. Have fun. Have a great couple of weeks. We will talk to you again in a couple of weeks. Enjoy wrestling. Happy wrestling, as Ian Riccoboni would say. And uh, we'll see you in a couple of weeks.